What's up, everyone? This is the Up Tempo Podcast. I am your host, Craig Cameron. Alongside me this week, we got Caleb Knight, good friend of mine. Caleb, you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, what's up? Uh, you know, I've known Craig for a while. I really just wanted to be on this podcast. I love basketball. I was never athletic enough to play it. You know, it's more of a football guy, but I've been watching it for as long as I can remember. And any time, any time to talk basketball is a good time in my eyes. When did you get into basketball? Probably, probably about nine or ten. You know, Bron was real big. That was the uh, first basketball run I really remember was, I want to say it was on nine, when he hit that buzzer beater in Cleveland to beat the Magic. Top of the arc, you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, the, yeah, the uh, conference finals. Yeah, yeah. It's big yeah, on yeah. that one. Uh, that kind of got me into it. Ended up, you know, following the Heat. D-Wade, obviously. Big yeah, D-Wade yeah. guys over here. And, uh, you know, really, I started watching college basketball, I guess, the next spring afterwards when March Madness came in. Uh, ended up being an Alabama basketball fan, so I didn't get to watch too much of them in March. But uh, it's just a fun sport to watch. Yeah, the only memory you have right now pretty much is the uh, Virginia Tech win a couple of years ago with Colin Sexton and obviously that Creighton loss back in 2012 we were talking about the other day. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> I don't know which was worse, losing to Creighton from the jump or getting that little taste of victory against yeah. Tech and losing to Villanova the next week. So And Villanova, they they won the national championship that year, right? They did, so yeah, that yeah. makes it feel a little bit better. Yeah, you yeah. Know, they lit us up from three and kept heat throughout the tournament. Okay, okay, gotcha. So, Miami Heat fan, big Alabama basketball fan. Uh, Miami coming off the NBA Finals run this past fall. And Alabama basketball enters the top ten for the first time in a long time. So, pretty good basketball year for you as a fan. Yeah, hoops life is good. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't expect that from the Heat, but I'm obviously not going to complain. I knew, uh, from a Bama standpoint, I knew Nate would turn the team around. But I was not expecting this this quick. But I'm definitely not going to complain about it. Yeah, I, I like Nate Oates uh, a lot when he was in Buffalo. I thought he was a good uh, player, uh, developer, and was really good at coaching uh, the guys up in Buffalo. He wasn't a big recruiter, uh, just really, he was really good at developing players up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we'll go ahead and uh, jump into college basketball, uh, talk a little bit about it. Uh, mentioning Alabama, though, 15-5 and five on the start of the season right now. Uh, big start to the season for the Crimson Tide. Uh, into the top 10 and suffered some losses to Missouri and Oklahoma. Uh, some blowout wins over LSU, though, however. Uh, what has been the key to Alabama basketball this season and, and the chemistry and the, just how, how they've been winning? I think, uh, you know, the key is we've got a lot of vets on the team. We've got a lot of leaders. I know uh, Petty's a senior. Herb's up there. Uh, you know, we've been shooting lights out, which we always struggled with. Uh, we were an on-again, off-again shooting team last season and the year before with uh, Avery. Uh, we were never good defensively, though. We gave up about 81 points a game last season, and now this season I want to say we're giving up 69 and a half. So Nate really flipped the defense, and I think uh, our streaky shooting, you know, it's, it's a give-and-take type offense. But with that defense, when you can actually lock down for once, it's helping them a ton. Yeah, I just – Watching Alabama this year, you know, they had that very good hot start. Uh, I was worried that they were peaking at the wrong time, because you never want to peak in January. You right, want, You right. want to peak at the end of February and March, obviously. Uh, they have had a little bit of bad losses on the road, but they were close losses. Uh, both, uh, you know, single digits, you know, one position game at the end of the game. 
Had a chance to win it. Uh, came up short, though. Uh, still on track to get the number one seed in the SEC tournament and get the regular season championship in the SEC. Uh, be a big season for the Alabama Crimson Tide if they can do that and get a top seed in the March Madness bracket. Yeah, things are looking real good for them. Uh, it's still crazy to just look at and think about and be like, oh, wow, we're actually a basketball school again. Um, the Missouri lo- loss was tough. W- loss was tough. Uh, you know, we struggled shooting in the first half. Uh, it was good to see him come back. I mean, that run, the last eight minutes of the game was insane. Uh, the Oklahoma game, you can't really hate on. You know, Oklahoma was streaky like us. They'd beaten, I think we were their fourth top ten win in that month. Yeah. Third in the week. So you can't really complain about that too much. I personally, you know, I'm not rooting for us to lose, but we were streaking, like you said, getting, you know, peaking at the wrong time. I think the losses were good for us. Uh, maybe humbled us a little bit. But the team has shown plenty of times that they can string together wins. You know, in March, if you can string together six wins, you're cutting the nets at the end. So, you know, they've proven they can streak. I think, uh, I think come tournament time, they'll turn it back around again. Yeah, it doesn't really matter uh, how bad you're doing as long as you get going at the right time. Uh, I think, you know, watching SEC basketball all these years, you know, thing thing about the most is a couple years ago with Auburn, uh, you know, they get blown out in Rupp Arena by 30 points in February. Then they go on to win, I think, 13 straight games all the way to the Final Four, including a win over Kentucky to get to the Final Four right. in the lead Eight. So. It does not matter what happens in the regular season. As long as you're rolling in late February and March, that's when it matters the most. Oh, yeah. And it, uh, it's going to be painful for Bama fans to hear. I know it's painful for me to say, but this team reminds me a lot of that Auburn squad. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that a lot. Uh, only difference is their, their stretch of them being hot was in January as, as far as Auburn's was, you know, at the right time. Right, right. So hopefully Alabama can get back up there and get rolling. Uh you know, they did have a good win uh, the other night against South Carolina. And, you know, last week against LSU, that bad loss against Missouri, though, uh, on the road. They were down by 22 points at one point. Uh, they did fight all the way back, but they still were getting blown out at one point. You got to you gotta look at that. You got to take that into effect or uh, take that into matter. So a lot to work on with Alabama right now. I think there is a lot of adjustments to be made. Uh, get back to the fundamentals of basketball right now and – See if they can turn this thing around before March gets here. Yeah, and a big thing with that Missouri game is, you know, we came back, and in the last 30 seconds, we had two chances to take the lead both times. Herb drives in for a layup, uh, gets one shot blocked, the other one he just flat out misses. And, you know, not making excuses, but with Nate Oates' interviews, he said several times that Herb's dealing with back pain, back stiffness. So you got to think maybe if he's healthy, uh, you know, that game ends up differently, but you just got to take it for what it is. Um you got to hope we can get the one seed. Missouri's got a cakewalk of a schedule to finish out. Alabama does too, other than the uh, the Auburn game, which will be tough the last game of the season because Auburn's always just a tough competitor. But, you know, even if Bama finishes with the two seed in the SEC tournament, that's, you can't complain about that. Yeah, which, I mean, they, they do have a, a double, uh, multiple game lead on Missouri uh, right now in SEC standing. So it's highly unlikely, in my opinion, that they – fall to number two uh, and I think with the way Alabama's played this year uh, and just the tough greediness they, they have won some close ones and they've also lost some close ones but you know right now only one SEC loss and you know you, you gotta take that into the, uh, effect when you're talking about this and 
I do think that they will finish out as a one seed. Uh, I'm just worried about once you get into the SEC tournament because that's when teams turn it up a little notch because you're going to have teams like, you know, uh, Florida, Kentucky. These are teams who have struggled this season that are not where they want to be. And uh, like Kentucky is going to have to win every game in the SEC tournament yeah. to get in the tournament. Florida is going to have to win probably a couple games, uh, get a better seeding. Uh, you have Arkansas. These, these all these are teams – uh, you know, Alabama really has nothing to lose right now. They're they are going to be in March Madness. Uh, like something crazy would have to happen if they miss March Madness at this right, point. Right, right. So you're going to have a lot of these other teams who are fighting for more that you're going to be playing in the upcoming weeks, and it's just going to be tough uh, and see what they and how they handle it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Arkansas is a great offensive team. LSU can flip a switch. So can Tennessee and Florida. I think it'll be it'll be a fun tournament, no doubt. Um, there's no real s- snoozer team, really. I mean, A yeah. and M and Vandy kind of kind of on the batter side, you know. But other than that, you still got a stack conference. It'll be a fun tournament. I'm looking forward to it. And really, like you said, there's no way Bama really misses the tournament. Mm-hmm. They're just playing for a better seed in the big dance right now. So just gonna kind of sit back and enjoy it. Is would Auburn be out of the SEC tournament? No, I think Auburn is right there okay. on the edge, kind of clinging. Uh, they'd have to... No, I'm asking, like, if, are they, like, in it? Because, I mean, I know they did, they had a self-imposed band. Yeah, I think they can play in the conference tournament. I just say. don't know that's, that's, if... That's the crazy part, because if Auburn wins that, they're basically taking out... It doesn't matter, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're basically taking away someone else's yeah. chance to get in the, uh, in the March Madness. And that's crazy, too, because that freshman they got... Shreve Cooper. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. Cooper, Cooper ain't no joke. And, you know, it's unlikely he's going to declare. Yeah. But what a gut punch that would have been. I, I, th- I think he will declare. I mean, he's 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 already an NBA player in my mind. I mean, yeah. he, he has that point guard uh, play. Uh, I mean, he would fit in right into the NBA right away. I mean, he's he's great at drawing fouls. He's great at driving to the basket, uh, kicking out, finding his open guys, uh, getting his teammates involved. I think he has all it takes to make the NBA. Oh, yeah. He single-handedly turned that team around. And, you know, for Auburn fans, they don't want to hear it. But to lose Jalen Green and then if Cooper, you know, balls out his freshman year when you can't make the tournament and declares, that's it's an awful one-two punch right there. Yeah. Uh, getting into some other uh, teams, though, in the top 25. I want to talk about the top three overall. Uh, do you, it, Tell me what you think about this statement. Gonzaga and Baylor are the only teams to beat in college basketball. Yeah, I agree completely. I think it's Gonzaga 1, Baylor 2. There's a pretty good gap between everybody else and them. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I just think Jalen Suggs, uh, Jared Butler, uh, and Mitchell, the guards for those two teams are just uh, the Baylor, uh, you know, two-headed monster they got in the backcourt. Then Gonzaga, Jalen Suggs is going to be a top-five draft pick, in my, uh, my opinion, uh, this upcoming summer. I think just the guard play uh, and college basketball, you have to have amazing guards to make a far, uh, deep run in, oh, yeah. into yeah. the postseason. And so I, I think Gonzaga and Baylor both have that. Uh, but also right behind them right now in the standing uh, rankings is Michigan at 13-1. What, what Have you thought about much about Michigan this year? I don't know how I feel about Michigan. You know, obviously you look at their record 13-1, you can't say they're a bad team, but they're just – they play really inconsistent. They've had a couple lucky wins. Uh, that one loss was awful. I, I don't know how I feel about them. They're they're not a bad team, obviously, but I just I don't see them making a run. 
Yeah. Uh, they they have in the past. Uh, you know, a couple years ago they had uh the Mo Wagner Duncan Robinson team. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Poole, that team was pretty good. And you know they also had the run back in 2013. Uh, both times made all the way to the national championship game and lost. Uh, you know this year, I mean they got guys returning from my uh past couple seasons. Uh, and also they have uh Jawan Howard as a head coach now. So uh Miami Heat guy, you know, weren't from. The great Eric Spolstra, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know it's it's a good ball club right now. Uh, I think they uh, can make a deep run in March Madness, uh, but it'll be interesting to see. I think I think right now the Big Ten is the best conference in uh, college basketball. We, you know, you got Michigan State, uh, Michigan, Ohio State, Illinois, Iowa, uh, all those ball clubs right now are just playing tremendous basketball. Uh, it's nitty gritty games up there in the north. Oh, yeah, they are the premier conference, and, you know, not to be biased, but that is the only thing I really care about with Michigan is Jawan Howard coaching yeah. that team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jawan Howard, a uh, great guy. I mean, I'm happy for him, too, I mean, you know, making him back to Michigan, uh, working his way up through the coaching, uh, you know, carousel with uh, working for the Miami Heat past uh, decade and then finally finding his way back to Michigan after playing for them in the 90s uh, with the Fab Five. So uh, he's got them rolling up. Uh, you know, great start to the season. Only one loss on the year, uh, and right behind him. How about how about Ohio State? Um, you know, loses the national championship in football, and you got the two teams who were in the national championship, Alabama and Ohio State, in the top ten. Uh, but Ohio State, kind of like the surprise team on the season right now. Yeah, they really uh, they flipped the switch out of nowhere. They're kind of on one of these Alabama runs that they had a, a couple weeks ago. Ah, right now they're my favorite to. You know, go the furthest in terms of Big Ten teams. I love watching them play. Uh, obviously, this past week, they overtook Alabama in the bracket prediction. They're now the one seed. Bama dropped to a two seed in the uh, in Region One. So there's no doubt about it. The Buckeyes are a good team. I prefer them over Michigan in the Big Ten. That's just me. I do. You know, record says otherwise, but in terms of watching them play, I'm gonna take the Buckeyes. Okay. Okay. Uh, what it? Okay. Looking at the top ten right now, uh, how many teams in the top ten do you think make the Final Four, and how many teams outside the top ten do you think have a chance to make the Final Four? Or is there any team outside the top ten right now that you can like you can just right now say they're a dangerous dark horse and they can make a run? I want to say Oklahoma just because of the run though. Yeah, uh, you know with the the Final Four. It's Gonzaga and Baylor. You know what Oklahoma reminds me of? They remind me of that Michigan team a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, They really do because they, they were, you know, they had uh, about eight losses. Right? They had, like, you know, you know double-digit losses at least for, like, I don't know, like around that upper, uh, like, I guess single digits, like around, like, nine or ten. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I forgot how many exactly. But they would beat uh, – uh, they would upset some teams every once in a while. They would, like, you need to lose some bad games. But – it came around March. Uh, I remember it was the Big Ten tournament. They ran the table, won the Big Ten tournament, uh, and they just got rolling. I mean, the guard play of that team, uh, I think it was uh, Derek Walton Jr., I believe was his name. Yeah. Uh, you had Duncan Robinson. Uh, I think it was like Xavier Simpson and Mo Wagner. Just that, that team, uh, you kind of see that with Oklahoma this year. Yeah, no doubt. Um, they're a streaky team, which obviously that's all that matters in March. Uh in terms of outside the top ten, you know, it's hard to say because March is just crazy. 
I don't hate West Virginia. You know, they're a good team. They lost a big earlier this year to a transfer, and they kind of struggled getting used to the small ball play again. Mm. But they really handled it really well. They're sitting at 13-5 and five right now. You know, Bob Huggins, he's not going to have a bad team per se ever. You expect, you know, premier basketball to him. Uh, like, all of Chicago, they're – they're fun to watch they're, right hey, now. They're back. I mean, they may, <laughs> they may do it again. I don't know. They are back. You know, they had that run a couple years ago. Uh, I don't think they had the same. They, they have a couple guys still on from the team. Uh, but the yeah. main guys have uh, gone and graduated. But that was a fun team to watch. Uh, however, this year, you know, they're not uh, the underdogs. I mean, they, they are right. yeah, finally they're a ranked. Team. Yeah. They're finally ranked now. So, I mean, like, they're not going to – catch anyone by surprise yeah uh speaking of surprises iowa they just fell off the past couple weeks they did i was actually gonna ask about that soon uh with iowa you know i i really liked iowa coming into the season uh you know they have the great uh center luca garza uh tremendous paint uh beast uh defender uh rebounder score you name it i mean he's he's just great overall center 611 senior is it just him on that team? Like, do you think he needs more help? It, you know, it feels like it is at times. He hasn't had a great game. I mean, like a great string of games lately, but the team hasn't as a whole. Um, you know, it's obviously a team game. There's five people on the court per <laughs> team. But, you yeah, know, that's, Garza. That's, that's, that's basketball. That is basketball. Garza just, he carries that team. He's the heart and soul of that team, basically. You ask anybody on the team, I'm sure they're going to answer that. But I don't know if he's got you know, that star power to carry a team to the Final Four. Yeah. I, I can't see Iowa making the Final Four this year. I mean, I could be wrong. They could get hot. Uh, but at the same time, you, you, need, you need guard play. That's why I've been saying, like, with exactly. Baylor and Gonzaga, they have tremendous guards. Even Michigan and Ohio State do, too. Uh, Villanova, along with them. It's, it's going to take guard play to uh, make the Final Four. And I don't think Iowa is has that, you know, can match our teams in uh, March with that. Right, right. I mean, they've just struggled late in games. You know, Ohio State, they had the, the lead for the majority of the game. Lost it, I think, with like four minutes left. Never gained it back. Uh, Indiana, they should not have lost that game at all. Lost it towards the end. Illinois, I want to say they lost by five in that game. Illinois is a good team. It's not a bash on them. But, you know, I would just kind of dipped off real quick. Yeah. Another team I want to talk about, uh, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Uh, you could say another team carried by one guy, Christian Cunningham, potential number one overall pick this upcoming uh, summer. Do you think that is also a one-man team, or do you think he needs more help with the way the Cowboys have played this season? Yeah, yeah, I think he does. Uh, Oklahoma State's been really shaky. He's been the one, you know, constant throughout that season. But mm. they're winning against Texas. I don't know if it was more impressive or Texas's play in overtime was just that bad. They went 0-12 from the field in yeah. both overtimes. But, uh, you know, he's a great player. They're they're going to be a fun team to watch. I don't know exactly how far they'll go. but you I, know, I could see them making the Sweet 16, uh, but I could also I, – I feel like a safe spot to pick them is winning the first uh, Thursday or Friday and then – they would lose in the first weekend. Right, right. Yeah, I, I can see them losing the round thirty-two. Their team, it's like their their floor is losing in the round of thirty-two. Their ceiling is probably no more than sweet sixteen. Maybe an elite eight, maybe sneaking in. I, I, I don't can, know. I, I can't see. Yeah. I can't see the elite eight. I can't. Uh, Christian Cunningham with it. I have to get, have to absolutely go berserk. Oh yeah, or crazy for the make elite eight, and alongside that, have his teammates step up. 
and play <laughs> alongside them like that. And hope for everybody else to play like Texas did. Right <laughs> yeah. Uh, in that, uh, right now, who is your national champion? It's Gonzaga. Gonzaga? It is. Okay. Yeah. I wish we could have got to watch them play Baylor, but obviously, you know, COVID postponed that game. I think it just got canceled completely. Uh, you know, Baylor had the, the COVID postponement, and they've still looked good, but, you know, Gonzaga's just on another level, in my opinion. I want to say it's Gonzaga or Baylor. It's just, yeah, I know I said those are the two teams to beat. Yeah. At the same time, it's never who you think it's going to be. Exactly. It's March. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like this March is going to be even crazier just because we didn't have March Madness last year. Yeah, you got to double every, up. And everyone's doubling up this year, I feel like. And, you know, it's going to be even more crazier. Like, everyone's going to be, you know, doubling up their, like, you know, momentum and all their energy and everything. So it's going to be crazy. And also, here's another thing. We need to take into uh, account that these teams will have COVID scares. Yeah. These teams will have players sit out in March. Uh and it's also going to be interesting to see how many games get postponed in March. Like, if they have to push March Madness, game, Madness games back, we're like, you know, we might not have just Thursdays and Saturdays and, uh, you know, and Fridays and Sundays. We might have March Madness games throughout the week. Right, And, right. like, you know, making up for games and stuff. So, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, right now, however, I don't want to match yours. I think I'm just going to go with Baylor. Uh yeah. If not Baylor, it's it's got to be one of them two. It's got to be one of those one of those two. But at the same time, I might pick Ohio State, which is how hot they're playing right now. Yeah, I uh, wouldn't hate that. Yeah. So, uh, so with that, it'd obviously be Michigan because we we didn't consider them at all. They're probably just gonna win it all now. Yeah, I, I'll, <laughs> I'll be mad. I, I like Michigan. I like Michigan basketball. I, I have for a long time. I've always whenever they had their final four runs uh, the last decade, I've always pulled for them in the national championship game that year. Yeah. So. I mean. I'm excited with Region 1, obviously, if it stays how Lenardi and everybody's predicting it. You know, Alabama's yeah. a two-seed in the same region as Gonzaga. That would be a fun Elite Eight matchup. Yeah. Uh, I think Bama fans may disagree, but <laughs> I don't think it'd be the worst game. Yeah. All right, well, uh, jumping from college basketball now to the NBA, uh, I know this is a sport me and you talk about probably the most uh, between our friendship. Uh, what is what is your take on the NBA season? Like, what is your top headline right now in the NBA? Like, what was what the thing that stood out to you most about the season? It can be like a player standing out, like a most improved player, a rookie, a team, a surprise team. Uh, I don't want to be that guy. I think it's Lamelo Ball's play though. That's what I was thinking. I, yeah. I didn't expect him to to be as good as he's being. Yeah. You know. If you look at it from a per 36 minutes, he's not leading in rookie categories for the stats. But if you look at it... Oh, he, he is this morning. I saw. I think it's the all-pro stats, not the per okay. 36. Yeah. Okay. But he is... I, I wasn't rooting for him, per se, to be like this. You know, I was Team Precious for rookie of the year. No bias there. But... I'll be real with you, man. I'm not I'm not on the Precious Achua train. You know, we, he He's a great paint defender but and rebounder but other than that he has not he does not have offensive skills uh that I thought he would have in the paint like people were comparing him to bam but yeah, his yeah. his handles his dribbling his shooting like his finishing it's not even close to where bam was as a, a rookie yeah yeah I, I agree with you there i'm i'm honestly concerned that he's gonna be one of those players like you know he was he was a draft pick for us and we're probably just gonna let him go free agency in four years like we always do yeah. his contract runs he's 
Honestly, if he doesn't get traded by then. Honestly, I feel like he's never like I, I don't want to say uh, Justice Winslow, but that would hurt because I, f- I feel like Winslow was better. Yeah. At this point, his rookie year, but I do feel like Precious is you know he's trending downward to the Definitely. point where like it's not it's not gonna be a long term thing in Miami for him. But yes, Lamelo Ball has been playing insane this year. They finally put him in, into the starting lineup. I'll be shocked. Uh, I don't think there's any chance they take him back out and put him on the no, bench. There's no way. Uh, another rookie though, Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah. For the Sacramento yeah. Kings, he has been a big reason why the Kings are above 500 right now. And Which is weird to think about. It, it is. It is. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just think the Kings are above 500. They're in the playoff race. They yeah. are in the playoff picture right now. Almost halfway uh, through the season. I mean, yeah. That's well, I want to say almost halfway. Well, so it's we're, we're close. 24 games in, 48. 48 around us to go, uh, about, the, about the third point. A third third, yeah. Yeah, we're, yeah. Thir- we're third there right now. So, other than that, uh, I want to talk about the Utah Jazz because the Jazz right now, they have the best record in, in the NBA. Uh, they're coming off big wins. Uh, they've won, I think, 17 of their last 18 games at this point. Yeah. Uh, what, is, what is it about the Jazz that it has them clicking right now? Donovan Mitchell. That's it. That's the answer. That's the only answer, yeah. I think. I know you made a case this morning. Uh, you're big on Donovan for MVP. Don Mitchell is one of my favorite players, yes. Uh, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you think Don Mitchell should be in the MVP race? Yeah, right now, definitely. You know, obviously, this season trends differently. Yeah. I don't know if he'll stay in it, but right now, of course. Yeah, I think it was uh, Candace Parker was talking about the other day, and she was saying, you know, if we're going MVP, it's Bradley Beal. I don't hate off, that. Off numbers. Yeah. But, no, she was, she was saying, like, because they were talking about do wins matter. Yeah. And if you're going just statistics and numbers and all that stuff, it's Bradley Beal. But if you're taking stats and wins into it, it's got to be Donald Mitchell right now. Or yeah. Joe Embiid. Uh, obviously, LeBron's up there. Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Uh, yes. You know, there's, there's a ton of guys up for MVP right now, I feel like. I mean, it's, it's a it's a spread out year in my, uh, for basketball this year. And I think the Utah Jazz has just been the most impressive team. They, In my opinion, they are the best team in basketball right now. Solely because of their chemistry, I mean, I, I, if you watch a Utah J- Jazz game right now, the chemistry is so unreal. The way they share the ball, they trust each other too. I mean, Joe Ingles, Royce, Royce O'Neal, obviously Go Bear down yeah, low, yeah. and Jordan Clarkson off the bench, triple threat from Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, and Jordan Clarkson. I mean, you just rotate those three guards in. All three of them can play point guard. All three of them can score whenever they want. It's just it's it's. Great basketball right now in Utah. Yeah, it's uh, it's not what I expected at all. I mean, it's just it's crazy to watch. I agree with you. Uh, Joe Ingles is fun to watch. Yeah, he's just he's fun I, I, to I watch. I tweeted that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean. Joe, here's the it's the main thing. Like uh, the reason I love Joe Ingles is because of his playoff series against the Thunder a couple of years ago when he was draining threes in Paul George's face and like giving him the yes. death stare after he made them. <laughs> And I mean, he was just trolling Paul George, and he he was locking him yeah. up too. And he looks like a guy that you would find at the local gym. Yes, he but looked, he, he is he an looked, NBA athlete. And it's, I mean, so does uh, Bogdanovich. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and both of them, like you know, it's just guys with receding hairlines. <laughs> I mean, just knocking down threes, along with Mike Conley and uh, 
and Donald Mitchell. I mean, it, it's just a fun team to watch. They play like how your dad hypes up his game when you're playing the driveway or something. How yeah. he says he used to I mean, play. Yeah. If you if you watch Joe Ingles and Bogdanovich, they will pull up from three in transition, and they just they're released, they're formed. I mean, they just drain them yeah. with ease. Like they they know like they know what they're doing. Yeah. That's that's why I mean that's why they're in the starting lineup. I mean, <laughs> Utah Jazz. I mean, here's our thing. I know they're hot right now. I know they're like, you know, I said they're, they're the best team in basketball. Yeah. Come playoff time, do you think they're good enough to beat the Los Angeles Lakers in a seven-game series? No. I you don't, don't think so? I don't. I think uh, if, if we're still in the bubble. Yeah. Yeah, sure, why not? But, <laughs> and I don't like to talk about the bubble, how that gave, you know, teams an advantage because obviously the Heat get tied to that a lot. But I do, <laughs> I do think that comes into play. Uh if it's a seven-game series, I don't care who has game seven at home. I don't think Utah makes it a game six, honestly. Yeah. With a fully healthy Lakers roster in playoff time, no way. I think with the bubble, the biggest thing was you had the players who live and breathe basketball show up and play the best because you were at your job 24-7 in the bubble. Like It yeah. was just wake up, play basketball, go to bed, repeat every single day. And... I think Don Mitchell was one of those players. Uh, Jamal Murray was. LeBron was. Jimmy Butler was. Jimmy and it's, it's one of those things where, like, you know, yes, maybe there was, there was more upsets. Like, I do not personally think that the, for one instant, uh, instance, the, I don't think the Nuggets come back from 3-1 down to the Clippers in, outside the bubble. Right, right. And uh, I do think, you know, travel also played a key into that because there was no travel. It was, all right, we just lost. Let's fix this. And we got more time to prepare for it because we don't have to get on a plane and, you know, travel from city to city. And also the Denver altitude, that could have been also been a big factor in the, yeah, in the yeah. series because you're traveling from L.A. to Denver. Uh, that's going to take a toll on your body. Same with the Utah Jazz series. I don't think the Utah Jazz, you know, Utah basketball in uh, in the playoffs, that atmosphere in it's Salt intense. Lake City, it's intense. Yeah. You were not losing a game six, a closeout game to the Nuggets, in my opinion. Like that was that was a very close game, right. also. So I don't I don't think you lose that game uh, if you're Utah. So a lot of factors play into that, though. Um, but I mean, at the same like, time, I, I I have to agree with you. The Lakers are going to turn it up come playoff time. And right now they're only like a couple games back, if not one game back from yeah. Jazz. I mean, it's it's nothing like it. They're right there, neck and neck. Um, and I, th- I do believe they play in a couple weeks, so we'll get to see how they fare with matchups. But it does depend on matchups, though. I do think you know Rudy Gobert can contain uh, Anthony Davis for the most part. It's just they don't have that small forward, where, like they, have, they don't have that perimeter guy to guard. LeBron James. Yeah, not at all. Not and at all. that's that's the scary part. Um, and you know, I do think you know, out Caruso, uh, you know, Dennis Schroeder, they they Wesley Matthews, they do have these other guys that can you know slow their guards down in the Utah Jazz. Uh, Rudy Gobert also is not a scorer; he's a paint defender. That's yeah. what he is. Like you know, he's he's that guy who's an average fourteen points and like thirteen rebounds a game with three or four blocks. Uh, he's not going to put up offensive numbers every single night. So you're going to have to depend on your guards to win that series. And I just don't know if they can even win a game, seven-game series let it uh, even let it get to seven games if you're right. the Lakers. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I feel like that would be like a five- or six-game series if you're the Lakers in that uh, 
but it will be interesting to see. Um, but it, it is only February right now. We do have a lot of basketball left to play. Um, like I said, we're only a third into the season, and um, a lot of basketball left to be played. And it'll be interesting to see these, uh, this series, uh, yeah, this season though, because you do still have the play-in games uh, with a seven and ten seed playing, and the eight and nine seed playing, and then the winner of those games plays each other for the uh, eight seed. I love that. That was such a good decision. Yeah, I I, I do love that, uh, especially with COVID too, because. I, I didn't even realize this till this morning because right out of the heater sitting in tenth place. Yeah. And I was like, man, we got we got to get in the eighth spot. I'm like, wait, no, we don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, I want to. I want to get to like the four or five seed uh, come playoff time. But at the same time, like, it is gonna be good because there are a lot more teams this year that I want to see compete for a playoff spot because the Knicks, the Hawks, the Hornets, the Cavs, they're all playing great basketball right now. Right. And right. you know. While they are on the 500 mark, so is everyone else. Honestly, I mean, you're looking at uh, you know Philadelphia right now uh, with seven losses in the first spot, and then Miami is seven games back and they're in tenth place. So there's yeah. a, there's a seven games mark between uh, ten and one. So basically, you're looking at about a game a, a piece from each team, uh, if not that, because I know the yeah the Heat are. Two and a half, no, they're three games back of uh, third place right now. Yeah, sitting at that's not place. bad. Yeah. That's that's yeah. crazy to think about. Like you know how small uh, a margin of error you have right now in the East. Yeah, yes, there is forty eight games left to be played, but I mean every game's gonna count down the stretch. Yeah, and that's what I love about the Eastern Conference. You know, say what you will, the Western Conference head to toe is a better conference with better teams, but the East is always just so crazy like close-knit and standings and so competitive it's just fun to watch yeah and it'd be interesting to see I, I really do like though that the hornets and hawks are finally like you know getting that young team up and going uh i've loved the hawks the last couple of years you know when we go to atlanta games watching actually i do not like watching no we lose every time. <laughs> <laughs> we do lose every single time but uh it's 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 a good young core out there in atlanta and i, I do like seeing atlanta uh thrive because just I have, I have a lot of Atlanta Hawks fans here, yeah, uh, in Alabama. So it is a good team to watch. Uh, Charlotte Hornets, though, you know they have not been to playoffs since 2016. They finally, you know, get that rebuilding going. Uh, you sign Gordon Hayward in the off season. Uh, you get Lamelo Ball, the third overall pick, easily the best rookie so far this year. Um, you nail that pick, and then you know PJ Washington, uh, Miles Bridges, uh, Terry Rozier, all these guards coming into play. Uh, Devontae Graham also. Uh, you know, you have a really good young core there in Charlotte, and uh, you know they're, they're they're doing good things right now. They're right below 500, but they're still in the playoff race uh, with plenty of time to go. So, do you think they hold on? Do you think they can keep it up throughout the season? I think they do because they had a slow start, and they're just now starting to play good basketball. Yeah, yeah. So because they've won a couple of close games, and now they're inserting Lamelo Ball into the uh, starting lineup. In, yeah. yeah, starting lineup. So. I think they they kind of remind me of the Memphis Grizzlies last year. Yeah. Unless John Morant, like you know, I mean, unless Lamelo Ball gets hurt like John Morant did last year, where like you know they had Jaron Jackson go down. Uh, unless there's like a big freak injury on that team, I definitely see them making the playoffs. Yeah, and especially with the East. I mean, it feels like everybody's always in the playoff race with this conference. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, what about Indiana? I man, 
I don't know. Indiana, every single year, they're always that one team that I just never pay attention to, and I really don't have a reason to because they always use in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, but they always <laughs> – it feels like they're always a four or five seed, no I matter what happens. I don't think they've missed a playoff. I think the last time they missed, they missed, they missed the playoff was 2015 when Paul George was out that yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. So they've made the playoffs, I think, five straight years, I believe, and they missed the playoffs. I mean, they've missed the first round. They've lost the first round all five years. Yeah, it was 2015 the last time they missed. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you lose to the Cavs all those years. You lose to, the, I think, the Pacers. I mean, they lose to the Celtics. Uh, they lost the Heat last year in the bubble. I, I just, it's a great organization. You know, they're all, they're consistent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're consistent. It's It reminds me of the Atlanta Hawks in the 2000s, and the, like the way 2000s, like with the, yes, the Josh Smith Josh era. Josh Smith. They always got that four or five spot, and they always lost in the playoffs. I mean, it was just, it never failed. So. I don't think they'll have that run that one year that Atlanta did, though. Yeah. That was, uh, that's painful. Sorry, Hawks fans. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they didn't make the conference finals. Yeah. Uh, they got swept. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but. Yeah, I don't want to think about them because you know they did they did just trade Victor Oladipo away. Uh, you get Karis LeVert back in that trade. However, he had that mass on his kidney, got surgery on that removed. Uh, he's out uh, right now. Not sure what the timeline is on return. I just know he's out for the meantime. No telling when he'll be back. Uh, but right now, I mean, yeah, yeah, still have Demonte Sabonis playing All Star basketball right now this season. Miles Turner's still there. Malcolm Brogdon, I mean. He, I'm pretty sure he averaged a triple double in the Heat series in the playoffs. I mean, he played it gr- amazing. He's playing great this year. Uh, you know, he's one of those guys who's probably gonna get around like 18, eight and eight a game. So, I just, I think Indiana holds on to that four or five spot in the East. Maybe it falls to the six seed yeah. eventually. I just, I don't see them falling uh, past the five seed though. Just, I, I feel like a five seed is a safe spot for them, and. It has been the last couple of years. I mean, yeah, that just feels normal. Yeah, for Indiana I, I'm pretty seed. sure that the Indiana Pacers have been in the five spot or the four or five seed that matchup the last four years. It feels right, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, so I know they played them against the Cavs in 2018. They played the Celtics last year in 2019. They played the Heat in 2020, all with a four or five matchup. <laughs> it's crazy. So, uh, another name I want to talk about: Steph Curry. Man. I don't know who right. made him mad, but thank you, <laughs> thank you. I think it was everyone, uh, including me. You know, <laughs> I, I, I like I like messing with my friends, and uh, I love bringing up the statistic, the fact that Duncan Robinson has like a better uh, season overall, of, uh, yeah. catch and shoot threes. I'll be like Duncan Robinson's better than Steph Curry, whatever, uh, shooting threes. But there was that uh, stat where. Uh, you know, he was like football season was coming around the corner. I mean, uh, just past us with Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady has more of a chance to make the Super Bowl than Steph Curry has a chance to make a three pointer. However, <laughs> the past month, I don't know what this man drank. If it was a it space like he jam, can't miss. it was a space jam juice or whatever. Uh, he had a behind the back, uh, behind the head layup last night against the Spurs. That was, I've never seen anything like that. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen this since the Dwayne Wade one against yeah. the Pistons. I mean, the first time I looked at it, like in real time, I was like, he didn't mean to do that. In yeah. slow motion, no, he meant to do yeah. that. That was crazy. And then uh, what he did against the uh, Mavericks and the loss, and then you know he had the the sixty two point game against the Trailblazers earlier in the season. He's on a mission, and again, Candace Parker said the other night uh, that we need to take a, 
step back and appreciate what he's doing because we're starting to get the same LeBron fatigue of winning MVP. Right, right. You know, LeBron's so consistent at what he does. We just, oh, someone else should win it. Well, Steph Curry, he's pretty much identically averaging the same statistics he did his undisputed MVP season back in 2016. Yeah. He he should be in the MVP race. Uh, I think he's top three right now. I think top three right now is LeBron, Don Mitchell, Seth Curry, no particular order. Just those. That's yeah. the top three right now. And that's on us. We didn't even mention him earlier. Yeah, I think I, we just glazed over. That's it's why a, he's mad. It's exactly what it is. Yeah, <laughs> that's why go. he's mad. I mean, it's just stuff like that. I mean, he has a right to be too. With uh, you know, and I feel bad for him because you know Clay Thompson's out this season. Could you imagine this team with Clay Thompson? Yeah, that I would love to see that. I'm basketball's I, better I, when Clay Thompson's healthy. I want to see Clay Thompson and Seth Curry play again. I really do. And next year you're gonna have you know. Uh, Steph Curry, Kelly Oubre, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, just do that team. James Wiseman. James Wiseman. I mean, he's been unreal this year. That that team's gonna mesh so well. I don't I don't see them winning another championship, just because like the way basketball has transitioned to the big man era once again. Uh, it's gone big with you know three point shooting surrounding the uh, paint. Yeah. I don't think the Warriors have that. Uh, I think they just really just have three point shooting, and then like you have Draymond Green, James Wiseman down low. James Wiseman will be a great player in the NBA, I just don't think he's big enough or uh, he's definitely not old enough, doesn't have that veteran presence yet to take on someone like Anthony Davis right, or right. Rudy Gobert and these other players uh, in the West. So uh, I think it's, you know, I think the Golden State Warriors dynasty age is over. Still, it would be great to see in our just maybe a one or two playoff series run, like get, maybe get them back to the Western, yeah. Western Conference Finals. Uh, how great would it be to see a Lakers Warriors Western Conference Finals like next year? Fully healthy. Yeah, fully yeah, healthy. Like be... Clay and Steph back. Uh, then you get you know Draymond Green again. Yeah, I just want to throw this out here. You were kind of discrediting their dynasty. The the first round draft pick they have next year is from Minnesota. That is who true. is the worst team in the league right now. That is true. So let's not count them out just yet. Man, if they get like Kaminga <laughs> oh, uh, or. Green or uh, Mo- Mobley, I don't. Oh I think it has. I like, don't know, man. <laughs> I think it's a it's protected. You know, picks one through three. But if they end up with the fourth pick, if no, Minnesota does well enough to get it, I don't think it is because I think it was protected last year. Then yeah, you shouldn't have said that about <laughs> Golden State. <laughs> I don't think it is. Yeah, yeah. Oh um, man. All right, though. Uh, so wrapping this up, who is who has the best chance to make a stretch over the next couple of weeks in the NBA? I mean, I don't want to be give a boring answer, but I think it's the 76ers. And I hate Philly. I think they're just going to stay you, consistent. You, 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 you think they're going like, to stay consistent at number yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay. I think they're the most put-together team right now. Yeah. They actually look like a decent team. Speaking of put-together, not so put-together, the Brooklyn Nets, uh... Yeah, Trouble in Paradise already? Yes, I do believe so. Uh, you know, without Kevin Durant, I-, I can't remember the Rikers, whatever. I do know they're above 500 with Kevin Durant, and they're with they're under 500 without Kevin Durant. And that's including with James Harden and Kyrie Irving. Yeah. So, I don't really see excuses. Uh, you know, Kyrie Irving brought up uh, the other night after, after the Pistons lost that, you know, they have players out um, and they're just not together yet. 
I do not want to hear it. Yeah. I really don't. I mean, you have... Everyone's going through it. Everyone is going through the COVID protocols. Everyone is dealing with injuries. We as Heat fans know that for sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jimmy Butler missed 12 games. We're under 500 because of it. And we don't have a point guard. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> Philadelphia, Philadelphia missed games too. Uh, the Wizards missed a ton of games with players out. The Celtics did. Like, I, mean, I think it was that stretch where the Wizards... The Celtics, the Sixers, and the Heat all play each other like within that week. Yeah, that little COVID. And that COVID, start. that COVID little circle started. So, I don't want to hear it, Brooklyn. Uh, y'all, me as a Heat fan, I'm gonna be biased right now. Y'all barely beat the Heat, the Heat, by four points without Jimmy Butler, Tower Hero, and Avery Bradley, and you lose to the Detroit Pistons. You lose to the by Cavs 11? twice. I just, I don't get it. I really don't, I mean, it's, I do get it. It's, it's defense, but I just don't, this is why I do not see the Brooklyn Nets making the finals. Did you see his quote from last night? I don't want to miss his quote from last night after the loss to the, Kyrie to the Pistons. Yeah. I don't want to misquote him, but he was talking about how the refs kind of, the Nets have a target on the back for the refs. You have you three of the top eight players in the league. I don't want to hear you that. You can't blame the refs when you have, Kevin Durant was out last night. Yeah. At the same time, you have Kyrie Irving. And James Harden on your team, and you're playing the Detroit Pistons, who just <laughs> traded away Derrick Rose. And people act like DeAndre Jordan's bad. He's still a good center. Yes, he played last night. I mean, come on. I mean, look, the, the Detroit Pistons. Who they have? I mean, they have Blake Griffin, Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant's been like, you know, he's. I think he's an All Star this year. Yeah, he's been lights out. But that does not compete against James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Joe Harris, and DeAndre Jordan, and all these other guys y'all have. The Brooklyn Nets, they're in trouble. You uh, know what it was? What? Detroit has two X-Heat players. What? Detroit has two X-Heat players. X-Heat players? Yeah, Rodney oh. McGruder and Wayne Ellington. That's what it was. And that's what it was? That's exactly what it was. Okay. I, I mean, hey, Unbiased. Man, when, it, when it's waning threes, <laughs> that was corny, but you, hey, you know it, man. When it's waning threes. That was that was a horrible time as a Heat fan, but I kind of miss it every now and then. It was funny. It was just fun to laugh at. You know, it was so bad. It was like a thing where it was so bad you just had to take the jokes where you could. Yeah, I <laughs> guess. There were a lot of them. I mean, the Luke Babbitt era, I'm I'm glad that's over. Yeah, that was. I don't miss that one. Uh, I forgot about Luke Babbitt. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have brought that up. Yeah. Uh, you know when basically Kelly Olenek was our best player? Dude, Kelly Olynyk. I, I'm not. I don't care what you say, dude. <laughs> Kelly Olynyk is not a bad basketball player. I know you hate him. I know you can't stand him. But he like he doesn't. I mean, he's gonna have off night shooting. But dude, he never. He never plays bad basketball. I mean, he does what he's supposed to. Like he he plays great zone defense. He rebounds the ball. Uh, he fights for loose balls. Shoots at threes. Stretches the floor for us. I mean, you saw what he did in the finals. I mean, uh, when we when we put Kelly Olynyk <laughs> in the starting lineup, or we, we, like, well, it was it was Myers Leonard and Kelly Olynyk. Yeah, they, they stretched the floor for us and opened the paint up for Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I just I've said my piece about Kelly. Um, you know, I'm just gonna leave it at that. I guess I can't. I can't. I, I I've tried changing your mind too many times. Yeah, it's, it's not gonna it's, happen. It's not gonna do anything. No. That's all we had to talk about this week. Uh, I appreciate you coming on the show this week. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Good talk. We'll catch y'all next. We'll catch y'all next. This has been the Up Tempo Podcast. Until next time, I'm Craig Cameron. So long.